and welcome to the second episode of the Davis Political Review Podcast. We are this week's hosts. I'm Elsa Phelps, the founder of this podcast. And I'm Cynthia Weber, the current managing editor of the Davis Political Review. As we seek to discuss and inform the student body about current events happening around the world, today we'll be diving into the conflict in Sudan. On the 15th of April 2023, armed clashes erupted in Sudan, a country located in northeast Africa. After five days, the death total already stood at more than 300 deaths, in addition to more than 3,000 injured people. As fighting is further intensifying, this tragic death toll has been continuously increased and is unfortunately far from over. While the Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, just declared that the country is falling apart, what can we expect for Sudan? Let's start with the beginning. What is happening in Sudan? Two weeks ago, an all-out battle for control of the country emerged, opposing Sudan's army to the paramilitary unit called the Rapid Support Forces, also known as the RSF. Behind these two combat units, this battle actually hides a personal rivalry between General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, the effective leader of the country, and his political opponent, Hamedi. These two guys used to be allies. Back in 2019, The people were in the streets to ask for the end of the dictatorship that had been leading the country for 30 years. At that time, the two generals decided to join up to get rid of the dictator. Their coup was successful, and before the establishment of a democratic regime, they were supposed to peacefully lead the country together. Yet, as we all know, two generals in power is one too many. So there were talks about integrating the rapid super force or RSF, into the army. But the two couldn't agree on the timeline. The underlying tensions between the two groups eventually led to a violent confrontation just a few weeks prior, with the two groups bombing areas across the capital city, Atum, including many places of civilian residence. The two men, fighting each other by interposed armies, have fought for control of the airport, presidential palace, and state TV channel. No one is sure when the fighting will cease, as these two men seem unwilling to end over control of the country. So now that we know that, why does that really matter? Prior to this conflict breaking out, Sudan was struggling to secure a civilian-led democracy. The rule of longtime dictator Omar al-Bashir had come to an end just four years prior, and the country instituted a transitional government. However, what little hopes civilians had in achieving a successful democratic transition has been mangled by the onset of this conflict. Now, Sudan appears to be moving even further away from a democracy. But this conflict isn't only about Sudan. There are key regional and international states who want influence in Sudan. Why do these big powers have any interest in participating in this war? Well, this is for two main reasons. For one, Sudan's location adjacent to the Red Sea is of strategic importance. Prior to the outbreak of violence, Sudan's ruling military reviewed Russia's proposal to build a navy base on the Red Sea. 
This is worrying to many Western powers, as it appeared like Sudan would be receptive to Russia's wishes. Now, with the ruling parties that conflict with each other, Western powers only hope they won't side with Russia. Secondly, Sudan is full of precious resources, including gold. In recent years, Sudan has become one of the world's major gold producers. The Nile runs through part of Sudan, providing an important shipping lane through Africa. Several outside powers, including Russia and Egypt, have considerable interests in Sudan's natural resources, further complicating the issue. Which government each country decides to support will likely have implications for the ability to resolve the conflict in Sudan in the future. And Sudan's relationship with its African neighbor also comes into play. Ethiopia's relationship with Sudan has been strained over disputed border issues and Sudanese refugees have been fleeing to the country's neighbors. Okay, but so now, what can we expect to happen in the near future? It appears like a resolution between the two conflicting powers is unlikely at the moment. Despite the international outcry for a ceasefire, the two armies have continued fighting. The U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, announced on April 24th that both the Sudan Army and the RSF have agreed to a three-day ceasefire. This came following a series of negotiations with help from neighboring countries, the United States, the U.K., and the U.N., The international community hoped that the ceasefire would aid in humanitarian efforts, including allowing time for citizens to relocate and for aid groups to distribute critical supplies. Countries have called for their citizens to immediately evacuate Sudan and are continuing to carefully monitor the safety of those still left. During the ceasefire, a Turkish evacuation plane was shot, damaging its full system. Despite there being no casualties or injuries, both armies blame each other for the shooting, which will be a violation of this humanitarian ceasefire. Recently, the two fighting factions agreed to extend the original three-day ceasefire. Yet despite this agreement, fighting still continues throughout Sudan, especially within the capital city. The number of people lacking essential supplies and the number of injured and dead are only increasing with no current sign of the conflict stopping. So to recap, this is a real humanitarian crisis that is happening in Sudan. Just like in any other war, the thirst for power of two men is causing tragic collateral damages for the population who didn't choose this war, and yet is stuck in the middle of intense fights. In addition, the majority of hospitals in combat zones are out of services. Population are forced to move away, and there are many shortages of food, water, and electricity, suggesting a potential famine. Unfortunately, while the UN just stated that the humanitarian situation has reached a breaking point, there seems to be no diplomatic solution in sight. The Sudanese find themselves trapped, forced to revise their hope for a democratic regime. And that's it for today's episodes. Thank you very much for listening and we see you next week. All sources can be found in the show notes. If you have any thoughts or questions, please reach out to us on our social media at Davis Political Review. We hope you have a good day.